For episode 13, uh, the final spooky season conclusion, we are watching Halloween. Today is Halloween. This is the day that it's being released. We'll be on Halloween. And uh, the movie we watched is 1978, John Carpenter's original Halloween. Uh, I am joined by, to my left, Dakota. And then Roxanne. (laughs) Derek. And Chase. And I am Kai. Um, This is a... Very famous scary movie. Some would say it's like the original. It was the author of all the scary movie cliches before they were cliches. And today we're joined by a special guest who's never seen the movie. So we just literally just watched the movie with her. We got to see all of her fresh takes. And uh, we have yet to ask her, what did you think of the movie? I was pleasantly surprised because of how old it is. And like you rewatch movies from like the 70s. You're like, why was anyone afraid of this at the time? Mm. But I mean, I could see it. I mean, I was I was still afraid to walk out to the garage, and then I was like, they just left me in here. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kai walks up in his hood, and I was like, yeah. hi. <laughs> I could tell that you enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised. I, I thought we all had fun like together watching it. It does hold yeah. up. Yeah. I, I wish that I had a a mask for like whenever somebody like first walked into the garage, I could just be standing there. I'm so mad. <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, it's when we left, we all went to the garage, and I, I was aware that you were the only one inside, and I was walking to the, the door, and all the lights were through the kitchen. I'm like, I really want to go up and scare Roxanne at the window, but you never walked by. <laughs> but So that's so the movie like kind of rubs off. Like You're like, oh, like you're, you're kind of hypnotized by the scariness after the, you leave the movie, mm-hmm. which is it's still impressive that holds up after, like, 50 years well, 45 I, years I like Close. scary movies too and so yeah and I'm like oh okay someone's walking my car tonight too so <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um, I think that the movie has a lot of charm you know it's like because we, we you know we grew up watching a lot of the movies that were like inspired you know by these type of movies like by you know like what you said was very true it's like this movie and very soon after this movie Friday the 13th kind of spawned a whole genre of scary movie of these like murder slasher movies that have right. you know the same kind of things happen and it's but it's um so like even though maybe it's not as scary as like some of the stuff that we have today it still has like this charm about it because it's the first one you know yeah i had to keep that in mind because i um i'm relatively new to being introduced to this movie the first time i saw it was with you derek when we were living together like a year and a half ago or something for sure so i had never seen it before and i have to like remind myself like this movie is full of cliches and it doesn't i don't think it has the same effect that would have worked in 1978 but i got to remind myself like in this in when this movie was released all of this stuff was revolutionary. Totally. Like, right. It's it, full of cliches because it, it invented the cliches. Yeah, like, exactly. like when she's talking about the, the phone ringing. Yeah. And people all, making dumb decisions. Hiding yeah. All closets. the girls making dumb decisions. And like um, when they're hiding in the closet, she was yeah. like, everyone hides in the closet, <laughs> like in that's the scary so movies. And that's because of this movie. Like it, it set yeah. those cliches for what a horror movie was going to be from then on. Absolutely. Yeah. Like what, like some of these classic cliches, everyone who has sex, yeah, right. 
What, yeah. What are some of the other ones? We got some other ones. Hiding what? in a closet. Yeah. You like go seeking what is making the noise or like where you, you think someone is. Don't turn any lights on. You don't call nine one one. When yeah. the when the bad guy seems to have been killed, you don't try to check to see if he's actually dead. Right. You drop yeah. your weapon. Also, he mm. can be walking and you could be running full speed and like he still catches you. Right. Mm. And you look and he's there one time and then you look again and he's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and I and I think a big cliche that this movie came up with, which really changed horror in general, is the setting. So like before this, like you had Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which takes place middle of nowhere, right? Um the Shining would be out the next year or whatever, two years from now, and that t- kind of takes place far off in a way, yeah. right? Where mm-hmm. this takes place in a suburban neighborhood, somewhere that's supposed to be safe, right? Mm. All, all the people have their their houses unlocked. Mm-hmm. It's it's in a neighborhood that's not supposed to be where bad things happen, right? Yeah, it, the mental and hospital I, is like 73 miles away. Right. Mm. right. And like this is the first mainstream horror movie where there, it takes place in that setting, and I think that's what made a big impact it's a um, really good point. I never, yeah. I never thought about that. You're right, because yeah. like, you know, like what you said, right. most places are isolated. Whereas, like, the terror about this is like, this could be your down the street mm-hmm. from you, right? Yeah. Com- compared to like the thing, which is an alien, Lost Boys, and they're vampires. isolated too. Th- this, this is a real, so, yeah. You can imagine situation Shaun of the where, Dead, where they're at the yeah. mall. Right, right. Exactly. But like, yeah. this is this is a, a a real situation where so, like a crazed murderer could come into your neighborhood and. You know what I mean? It's like it's like a situation where we live in, right? We all live in neighborhoods and whatever. You're right. Yeah. Derek was talking about well, like when they did a shot of a um, there's like an elementary school, and then Derek's like, ah, it's bringing back so much nostalgia. And it's like I think that's by design because it's, it's supposed to feel like your childhood, like your teenage right. years, yeah. like that this could happen in your own family or neighborhood. Did you guys have any like haunted houses in your neighborhoods that you didn't go to like during trick or treating? I think so. I re- yeah. I remember one. Very, very young at uh, the Camaray house, and it I like I was too young to even like have any details of like what was so scary about that house. But like it was just, like every kid on the block knew like don't go up to that house, you, like you don't go in that house. And there was like an old guy that lived there. It was like don't bother that guy, well, that's you know. He, and he was supposedly like a get get that ball off of my lawn <laughs> you know but we I, I never had any interactions with him you know mm-hmm. i never had a moment with him where that freaked me out or anything it's yeah. just that was the word on the street yeah yeah see we didn't have it but i remember my mom took me to her old neighborhood in upland and she goes and they lived on elm street which is also kind of oh that's interesting but uh one of the houses like down the street she's like even to that day it was still there and it was still looking really weird and she's like you never went to that house on Halloween. And I was like, that's just so weird that that was still like a thing. Yeah. Wow. I, I feel like we had that, but it was because he was a pedophile, which is a little, <laughs> like a different type of scary. Yeah. You never go to that yeah, house. Yeah, don't go to that house. <laughs> but then we also, the there was a movie called The Haunting in Connecticut, which was filmed down the street from our high school. Really? That was really? Mm-hmm. In was Falls a, Village? Right in Falls Village, yeah. At Haunting. the Predator's yeah. house? or No, different. <laughs> no. That movie Sorry, sucks. It does. It does oh, yeah. suck. But that, I guess that would count as a a scary location. Connecticut is like synonymous with a lot of like cl- you know haunting stuff, like ghosts. Yeah, and yeah stuff. we do yeah. have a lot of like weird kind of old, like old, old, yeah, old houses. Oh, yeah, because way yeah. back to 1600s, like exactly. got history. Yeah. Would you say that Connecticut's better than Rhode Island? Um, you know, I wasn't sure if I was ready to say this officially on the podcast, <laughs> but 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I, w- I would have to agree with no bias at all that it's 100% better. Yeah. <laughs> but Shout out Luke and uh, yeah. Can we, get, uh, can we get the phones going? We've yeah. got a call coming in. Luke says that the movie would be scary if it was done in Rhode Island. Um, all right. Thank you, Luke. I had one thing that really that I love, and it's not just about this movie, but it's about the genre. And it's about the fact that we idolize the villain in these. You know, we're, we're almost rooting for Michael Myers in we? a way. Like, Michael Myers... Are uh, we? Jason Voorhees, like these, we like that character, you know, like they're the bad guy. They're the one doing all these terrible things, but we come back to watch more, you know, like I, I, I maybe it's a personal thing. Huh. I like the main character, you know, you I want like to see him. what he does next. I want to see intrigued. what he does next. I like, I like the way he's like the wind and he's, he's oily and he creeps up and, you know, behind people and like, he's creepy and scary, but like, I like him. Oily is you know? a good word for it. Yeah. yeah that's a good, that's yeah. a good yeah. word. Like how he oozes through the darkness. Yeah. yeah, totally. <laughs> You know, there's, he's sly, and I like that about him. Well, uh, also another cliche is, like, the only people that notice him are the people, like, the main characters in the neighborhood. Like, it's a whole neighborhood of people that are out doing stuff. No one sees him except right. for, like, the three high schoolers and then, like, the one kid. Well, I, I, th- I think a part of that is it's set on actual Halloween, so it's supposed to be, like, he's hiding oh, under the, the yeah. veil yeah, yeah. of uh, right. everybody else being dressed up, right? So he would be able to easily walk around with a mask on Halloween, right? No one's going to look twice if it was Especially three days. Yeah, if it was yeah. if it was 3 Suburban days before. Yeah. Yeah, if it's 3 days before it would be different, but it's he picked the perfect day. Yeah. And it, yeah, like his character is so profound even though he has no lines. He has no lines, mm-hmm. he doesn't say anything. Although there is something that I thought was interesting uh so it's very clearly like a small town. Everybody knows everybody. They all live like somewhat close to each other and know who each other are you know like you know she grabs the kids go run down to the mackenzie's house yeah right and so there's it's very clear that everybody knows everybody if there was some like six foot plus tall guy (laughs) walking (laughs) around with a knife you know you'd be like well that isn't jim and it isn't you know larry it's not frank (laughs) it's not bob yeah which was bob dies yeah, there there is plenty of of holes in the in the script, but it's so funny because like we know that and we laugh like throughout the movie, like pointing them out. But it's almost part of the genre to like have all of these imperfections and like, of course she would, you know, like if she she wouldn't go behind the closet and tie herself in there. And right, then, it's, it it became like part she of the just genre. Jump out yeah. the window, like yeah. that's right there. Like a reasonable to get away. person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think of Which how many horror totally movies works. By the yeah. way, she totally kills him. At, you know. Or, in the movie, kind of. Does she kill him, Chase? Uh, no, he you know? does not she? die. She tries to twice and fails. Yeah. It's just like Zombieland, double tap. But uh, but almost like like the bad decision making is almost a part of horror movies at this oh, point. Oh, one thousand. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's part like, of the genre. Yeah. That part of the like, genre. Yeah. You're like, God, that stupid idiot. Oh, you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna run but into the basement. You're now, gonna, you if know we I mean? see characters doing it in a horror movie that was released today, we're gonna be like, this fucking like this thing we've seen a thousand times. Twenty twenty two horror film the other night, and literally. They did the same thing. She went into the closet. She hid in the closet from the Texas. Is this Chains. white noise? No, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, the okay. New one. Oh, the new one. That yeah. just came out on Netflix. Literally the same thing. Yeah. She goes investigates by herself. Yeah, no. So, <laughs> yeah. I, so I'm curious. Like, do you think the people in 1978 were watching this and like, come on, um, she's not gonna go do no. that? I mean, yeah. it's not to say the movie wasn't terrifying, but oh, yeah, I do know that the, in test screenings, the second time that Jamie Lee Curtis drops the knife. Uh, the producer said that he heard someone from the audience shout, you deserve to die, <laughs> because <laughs> it was just such a stupid them. thing. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, so should we break down the kill count? I uh Yeah. This one's pretty easy to keep track of because they it's happen. Not the mummy. <laughs> right. There's not a huge not battle sequence. Deaths. <laughs> or a bunch of zombies, so it's easy right. to keep track of. Um first one happens in the first scene. Michael Myers as a kid kills his sister. Mm-hmm. Judith. Who's got yeah, a pretty nice rack. Um <laughs> it's a fact. also yeah. a part of the genre. Yeah. Yes. Yes. uh, If you don't wear a bra, you get murdered. Worthy of the note. All of them Uh, in the movie actually had noteworthy racks, for sure. Yeah, that's why they don't want to wear bras. Yeah. 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 Those were all the girls that got killed. And free free the nipple this in 2022 is 1978. We're all back. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I I do like the setup for this movie, that he is a kid who kills his sister and is put in an insane asylum. Mm. And he's like, he's a crazy person, right? And during this time period, like serial killers were a big part of like it was kind of just getting just happening. yeah just just starting to Be a to thing. get oh yeah yeah this was like the golden age of serial yeah, killers yeah it's like it's like, like, like mid yeah. mid seventies right. to mid eighties like so I I think that's intentionally kind of um, taking advantage of that. Um, it was like a fear that was present in the psyche of America exactly. at that time. That, yeah, exactly. Is that some crazy person's just going to kidnap him and kill him? Exactly. That's smart like, writing. Yeah. yeah, it's like right. appealing to their audience. It's like what's what's scary in the real world at the time, kind of taking advantage of that and using it to to make the audience more fearful. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so societally speaking, is that like because there's like so many people? That now there's like a certain percentage chance that any town could have one of these crazy silly yeah. serial killers, you know. But so technology hasn't gotten advanced enough where we can keep track of, you know, psychos S- like this. So actually, as like a girl, I'm a big um, true crime fan, and that's exactly <laughs> what it was. They FBI didn't have like a network set up, so like literally people would be dying all over the place, but no one had anyone to like there's communicate that with, like across like state lines or anything. So no one, and no one, like, they're all very prideful in their jobs. They're not going to be like, we should go ask California, you know, if there's anyone being murdered over there. That's why, like, Ted Bundy was just going up, like, and down Uh. the P&W. And then, like, uh, John Wayne Gacy, he was the neighborhood clown. And then he would bring, bring, like, 20-year-olds home when, like, his wife was gone. And then kill them it's and like crazy. rape them. And yeah, they didn't have DNA to like yeah, really they, capture. They, mm-hmm. they yeah, just, like find a pile of blood and be like, ugh, somebody mopped that up. And that was yeah. it. That's Somewhere there's a group of yeah. serial killers that are like, man, it's not like it was back in the day. Back in the day. There's too much. Yeah, there's Remember too the much. There's no federal agency yeah. to ask with crossing state lines. There's actually a serial killer t- kind of on the loose up in like NorCal right now. What? He's like killed like a bunch of like Hispanics, I guess. And like there's like yeah, been like six or seven like missing or. I think they've been found and they've been killed, and then there's like one shot of him, and he's like in like a like black hoodie. Away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw Dang. it. Gee, that's scary. Yeah. 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 We don't hear about serial killers as much anymore. No, because like, there's too the DNA. Much. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. It's, a, it's much easier. Hard to be a serial killer. Back in this, if like if we were teenagers growing up in the late '70s, early '80s, it'd be like like every single month there's a new like sensational serial killer story. Well, even like in like the '80s and '90s, like Richard Ramirez, like my mom was yeah. living in Upland, and she remembers like. Everyone lock your doors. Everyone lock your windows. Like, do not talk to strangers. Like, because he was going up and down from San Francisco down to Irvine. Wow. But serial killers would just turn into, like, the shootings, right? Like, people who do mass shootings. It's the same, like, kind of situation where it's someone who's very clearly mentally not there. And it's a way for them to kill a large group of people and achieve some level of fame. 
Yeah, it's like the same. Attention. Yeah, it's this. It's the yeah. same thing. It's just it's more accessible to do it that way instead of being a serial killer because it's hard to like get away with that now. Yeah, yeah, like the Zodiac. He it was about attention. Oh, yeah. You know, we never caught that guy. That or like the Golden yeah. State Killer that they just found. Oh, that they the just DNA. found. They, yeah, yeah, through the DNA yeah. Uh, 23 and Me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that shows how much DNA has a factor in it. So uh, kill number two in uh, Halloween. So Michael Myers, now he's a grown-up. He escapes from the insane asylum somehow. He steals a car, and then he goes out, and we find that he's killed this tow trucker, and that's how he gets his uh, iconic uh, you know, jumpsuit. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from the tow truck driver. That's kill number two. Kill number three, we didn't count Lester the dog. R.I.P. <laughs> but yeah, that's... <laughs> that was a tough one. Uh, well, actually, there was a net, There was like a, a, skunk a stray dog. Oh, yeah. Okay. Off screen, I guess. Oh, yeah. yeah. I show, show that it. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple animal deaths. Uh, just be mindful of that, if that's triggering. Uh, on third kill it is the girl Annie... The character Annie? Uh, is there? Yeah. There is, no, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Annie. You're right. Yeah. This is, this is the girl that everything she says is like in a uh, such like a condescending tone of voice. Yeah. She yeah. She's the one who like um, she's the bad babysitter. The one who you know <laughs> she wants to go. She wants to get the uh, the girl that she's babysitting out of the way that, so that she can go get Paul. <laughs> and her and Paul can fool around. Oh yeah, all these. You know, she's she's itching. <laughs> she's got an itch that's got to get scratched. She's like, just move out of my way. Well, and, uh, and Lori he... mentions it later. She's like, she says something about like, oh, the Girl Scout saves her again or yeah, something. Girl Scout, oh, yeah. Girl yeah. Scout comes through again. Yeah, comes Gilt's, through again. Yeah. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah, you know, she has to now babysit two kids yeah. because, you know, this her friend wants to have some fun. Yep, on Halloween. And yeah, how uh, tell us uh, how does how does uh, she die? Oh, uh, so she goes into the car, and uh, she notices that the windows are like that scene from Titanic. Oh yeah. And uh, and it's when she's thinking about how how does that happen? Michael Myers pops up, jump scares her from behind, grabs her, strangles in the car. We watch as she uh, suffocates to death. Terrible, from the outside. Terrible and he eventually acting. He terrible acting. <laughs> Doesn't he cut her yeah. throat yeah. at the end, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Like, he, like, oh, he struggles does. her for, like, yeah. five minutes, it feels like. And yeah. then it's like, oh, this isn't really working. Let me just... Like, so there's, there's some yeah. good cin- cinematography there, too. Uh, so, like, one thing I really noticed that, the, that John Carpenter, the director, does really well is he sort of, like, he pans the camera a lot to create space. Like, to create, like, voids of space and then, like, reveal those voids, like, where... So, like, I, I remember at one point, uh, Lori's, like, sitting on a porch, or, or she's, like, sitting on a street corner, maybe, and the camera's very close to her, and the car is in the background, and he kind of has, like, her off to the side of the screen rather than in the center of the screen, so that there's, like, a whole void that you can't tell, like, what's there, yeah. and the music's kind of telling you something's about to happen. You know, and then as it slowly pans around, it slowly reveals, ah, oh, nope, there's nothing there. <laughs> but it's giving you, like, a, you know, that buildup of, like, this could be a jump scare, but then it, like, doesn't give it to you. Yeah. And they build it up, yeah. and he doesn't give it to you. So then, And then, like, she gets stuck in the window, and you think she's going to die in the window, for sure. He yeah. was just standing there. But you know they set it up, but they don't they don't give it away. Mm-hmm. Lindsay comes to the rescue. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and so then with the car scene... Uh, she goes to just like get in the car, 
thinking that like, the keys will be in there and it's locked. And she's like, ah, I got to go grab the keys. Like, what an inconvenience. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So then she goes, grabs the keys, and she comes back and the car door is unlocked and she just opens it. And she's then she kind of like thinks about it. She's yeah. like, oh, that's weird. And then that's when she notices the steaminess on the windows and she's like, huh? Like, is somebody in? Ah! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. gets choked out. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that that was a clever way to like show to, the, to like let the audience know that that he's been in there. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it was, yeah. right. It was I don't really know what weird. you would call that. I don't think foreboding is the right word. And like, well, um, like what what Chase is talking about, where the, you know the uh, the cinematography created tension just by leaving negative space in the shot and being like, is something gonna happen here? Or is it not? Yeah. Like uh, that was something very intentional. John Carpenter, the director, and the producer, his name is Irwin Yablins, something that they talked about where they were not very impressed with horror movies at the time where it's just about you know showing gore and like shock value, but they wanted to create a suspense-filled uh, horror movie that they called Theater of the Mind, sort of inspired by the days when you were listening to your radio and what you were imagining based on what was being described was so much scarier. Just let, letting the audience, right. their imagination, be the scariest thing um, and instead of like, oh, here's like a, a big bloody, um, you know. Well, that's like kind scene. of genius because yeah. your mind's going to make things way worse yeah. Yeah. than what could actually be seen on camera probably. And, th- and that's, that's why I think Carpenter is the best horror director <laughs> of all time because he's just the way he is able to do that. And with the thing that we watched earlier as well, like he's just so good at building that tension Which through thing? your own mind. The, <laughs> the movie. The, the movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, it's, so it's interesting too that uh, you mentioned the radio uh, because John Carpenter is also the composer for this film, mm. and he's very he's he's very intentional with every sound you hear. Uh, you know, like in the very opening scene, you know, Michael's walking through the house, right, and he's he walks into like a family room, and as soon as you see a clock on screen, you get some diegetic sound of a clock kind of ticking, you know. Mm-hmm. And then as he, he kind of walks through that room, and then he's walking up the stairs, and really there's kind of some empty space. There's the theme song playing, but there's some empty space. It's like he doesn't have anything to fill it with. So he, he has the gong of the grandfather clock yep. kind of chime in as he gets towards the top of the stairs, and mm. it just adds to the climactic like build that's coming. You know, Absolutely. yeah. The tension and release. He was yeah, a master and, and, at that. And he's, it's like, it, it, you know, coming from the radio thing, Mm. You know, the sound was such like, a huge oh, part of the these, movie. All these sounds, like this is how I'm gonna trick people. You know, not with their eyes. You know, these tricks with the eye, the eyes. I trick them with their ears. Yeah. You know, tell them tell them a story with their ears that they can enjoy this movie just by listening to mm-hmm. it, and then scare them with their eyes too. You know. Well, speaking of audio storytelling in the uh, the movie, the score. Did, have Have you heard that song before? Mm. Before you, okay, yeah. so you, you're familiar yeah, no, with the it's, score. It's pretty yeah. iconic. At this point. It, it's yeah. an iconic score. Yeah. John Carpenter, the director, the writer of the movie, he he wrote it in four days. Dang. Um, pretty impressive. It was found to enhance the scariness factor of the film so much that uh, audiences and test screenings were seen covering their ears whenever the oh, soundtrack no came on out of terror. Giving them chills. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, but, that's, uh, that is great. Really cool. But they, they did a screening of the movie with no music and with music, and the music really adds to the movie yeah, yeah. I'd be so interested to see that with no music I don't think it would it wasn't as effective that's what I mean yeah. like yeah. cause you know something's coming even though you know something's coming I guess that's what makes it scarier 
Yeah. Well, yeah, and the, and the music itself has like really like dissonant tones, mm-hmm. like minor seconds and major sevenths. It's like really like oh yeah, strange kind of like you know, I was pinching kind of sound. And then and then as things increase, he'll increase tempo and he'll kind of modulate the theme up a little bit, mm-hmm. which just kind of like makes your like shoulders kind of go up and your hair stand on your end, and you know. And you get kind of creeped out by it, right? Because yeah. it's not a pleasant, like yeah. And then, and then on top notes. of that, like you know, all pop music is is in four four. It's like one, two, three, four. You know, mm-hmm. but the theme is in five. Mm-hmm. So like, like like Derek, like do the do the theme five, four. So the D do do D do do D do D do D do D And now you guys have to license that. So so it has that like uh, atonal kind of thing that you're the the average listener is used to just hearing four beats on something and they're getting an extra beat so that they don't, they it's weird. sort of like making your brain kind of swim because you're like oh like oh it's got an extra one there and an extra one there like and you don't know what's hitting you you know yeah. it's just like he's just twisting your brain mm-hmm. one other thing i wanted to say about the um like uh you were talking about the shots um I think that there's also something to be said about the lighting. They did oh, a really good. Shots. They did a really good job of lighting the night shots, and like mm-hmm. having that like light or that, that like darkish grayish blue light for the inner shots of the house. And but like the whole the the idea of we were talking about like um, instead of shock value, they're going for suspense and letting your own imagination, you know, be the thing that creates the terror. Uh huh. The dark is a perfect place for that to happen because you can't see into those dark spots where Michael Myers is hiding somewhere. You don't know could where be. he is. Yeah. yeah, He could be. He could be anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, so that, that dark space creates... Roxanne was getting so pissed at all the characters because she's like, why don't you just turn the light on? Yeah, well, <laughs> like, <laughs> like getting a beer in the dark? Like when I'm home oh, yeah. alone, I don't do it as much anymore because I'm not as afraid. But when Kelsey and Ryan are gone, I will literally like have all the lights on and just like, go check the... I used to do this like when we first moved into the house. And I'd be like, okay, is anyone in here? Okay, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know. Well, in in like there's a scene when I, I I guess we'll get there in the kill count, but uh, yeah, might as well bring it up now. Uh, where Jamie Lee Curtis, she's like comes to the house. This is after Bob has been like stuck to the wall with the knife. That is that is the next kill. I might as well just say it. Oh, okay. Um, the next kill, uh, Bob and his girlfriend Linda. They're also trying to get it on this night at someone else's totally. house. Oh, they did get it on. There was they, a whole Bob. Bob lasted right a solid fifteen seconds. Yeah, yeah. Was a good effort from Bob. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, totally got it off. Just like the guy he went out on top. Yeah, he did. No, he, no, they, they, they finished. He, he went downstairs to get a beer. I think he, he, I think he not they. He yeah. finished. He finished. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Yeah. He definitely did not. Uh, he went downstairs to get a beer, and that's when uh, he comes face to face with Michael. He holds him up with one arm by his neck against the wall, stabs him, and then. He is pinned to the wall, just hanging there. That's a dope. That's a dope kill. I liked that kill and, a lot. Yeah, yeah, and then Michael just kind of looks at him, kind of cranes his neck a yeah. little. Yeah, yeah. I, that's one of my favorite kills. He like he holds him up, he sticks him like, and that's like the, the you know the the suspense is building with the music, and as soon as he sticks him, like, the music cuts out. <laughs> and it, but there's like the iconic scene, the iconic shot where it shows Michael's face from a side shot, almost like a silhouette, but you can see the white you know side uh-huh. and holds the knife up you know it was like this classic iconic thing mm. yeah, it's great 
And then, um, and then Michael goes upstairs to Linda, who's waiting for Bob to um, come back with his beers. Um, Michael has a, sh- you know, it's pretty smart that he did this. He puts Bob's glasses over a sheet, so he's dressed like a ghost. It's Halloween. I don't know if this, yeah. Apparently, uh, he's got a sense of humor. Yeah, I was like, this doesn't seem in character with like everything else he's done. But um, yeah, so then he kills her. Uh, <laughs> and uh, how does she die? Oh, strangled he with strang- a phone wire phone, yeah. while she's on trying to call. Oh, she's on the Lori. phone with Lori. Yeah. She's moaning. Yeah. She's having yeah. sex. Lori thinks she's having sex or she's doing something. Like messing that. with her. Yeah. Fun. What did she say? Because uh, she prank called her before. Now I got your famous chewing. Now I get your famous squealing, too. Yes, yeah, squealing. <laughs> <laughs> what a yeah, word. And, and then she says something like, like, if this is a joke, I'm going to kill you. Oh, and right when good. she says the word kill, the camera is on Michael. And his ears kind of like perk up a little. And he's like, mm. <laughs> "Not dead." <laughs> yeah. But, um, uh, but so anyway, so yeah, she, yeah, yeah. So she goes across the street uh, to investigate, and she still thinks that they're like messing with her. But so she walks like right onto the crime scene where Bob got stabbed up against this thing. So my first question is, where did Bob go? Like, I guess right back in that closet, right? Remember, he tucked him away. Peels him off the wall, sticks him in there. But the reason I was bringing it up is, like, if she would have just turned on the light, (laughs) she would have seen blood everywhere and would have just left. I guess that is, like, another, like, flaw is, like, he was stabbed. The knife was pulled out. He was dragged or carried wherever. She would have been stepping in blood, slipping in blood. It would have been everywhere. On those floors. So, another. She would have smelled it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> something there's some holes in this movie i mean yeah um but that's the fifth kill i don't have any i mean michael you know it's it seems like he didn't die at the end right he technically died three times but, but yeah but when when she discovers them all like she she goes up the stairs and he has the tombstone that he stole from his sister yeah that he killed Earlier in the movie, he goes and steals her tombstone, and then brings it up into the bed um, with um, who, who's the he, first one? Well, he An- brings Annie, Annie from the car, Annie. Yeah. right? And he brings Bob so up he from he the kitchen. He brings all kitchen. three of the the victims, all three of her friends, up into that room and like yeah. kind of just like places them. He, he kind of sets them up like booby traps. Like he's yeah, got exactly. Bob hanging from where so oh, he opens right, the door right. and then he yeah. swings down and it's just like he puts so much work in a set in this. Yeah. In yeah. a matter of how many minutes. <laughs> now, now, so that tombstone, I uh, I would guess like what, 120 pounds? Easy. Probably like that, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. think more? Because I'm, I'm thinking like an 80-pound bag of concrete, right? And it's bigger than that. No, a, 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 like a solid piece of granite like that, that's a huge piece of granite. Yeah. I would say closer to 200 pounds for and the size of that. I mean, he the picked up Bob by his granite yeah. right. uh, or marble headstone is approximately 230 pounds. Ooh, nope. That is, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Thanks, like, he's, like Michael's got some <laughs> thick thighs, right? He said squat yeah. down for that. He's he's uh, an athletic man, yeah, superhuman. He's been so, doing push-ups. But we see his father in the first scene, and he's not like some giant guy. Yeah, but his father didn't have to spend 15 years in an insane asylum. He probably he's been was doing, doing his a squats. Lot of push-ups. I I think I think there's kind of supposed to be like a supernatural yeah. element to him. Yeah, what you see at the end when he gets shot a bunch of times, and then. Yeah, he gets shot like five right. times. Or right. not, yeah. not just that, but like th- throughout the series, he doesn't die. Right, He's you're going to have to available. watch the next 14 movies to figure out what happens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I, I, it's, you're absolutely right. Yeah, he's he's evil. He's powered by evil. You know, he yeah. carried the guy up right. by his That's neck true. to the top. He's supposed to have him. a little supernatural yeah. spirit to him. Yeah, kind of like great. Jason Voorhees. He's got some supernatural going on. Right. So that's just like why he's evil. He's it's just like a supernatural thing. I guess that was like the other thing. It's like he's just born and there's evil in his eyes. And yeah, right. I'm not sure because the parents kind of were like, "What did you do?" Michael, um, you little shit. Wait <laughs> yeah, until mom finds out. <laughs> and then, and like the sister was like, Michael, and then like right before he yeah. he yeah. stabbed her to death. <laughs> I think that's part of Doctor Loomis's character is to add the myth behind the character, yeah. right? Because he never really explains like here's what's wrong with him, right? Like right. He he's got this yeah. disease or this mental disorder it's just like he's evil. a fucking evil whoa, whoa, whoa. The stop eyes. with all these fancy words <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you and your fancy words come to my town yeah. yeah yeah it's just like he's like this myth you know and like he leaves it up to your imagination to figure out all the rest yeah well that kind of gets into the origins of this movie uh because when um john carpenter was in college he got to visit a psychiatric ward uh for some reason and he said that he saw a kid look at him with what he described as like just blank evilness in this kid's eyes, and he said that it terrified him, and that gave him the idea. Or that, that stuck in the back of his mind. Uh, so when uh, he got approached by um, this distributor who had just uh, distributed his last movie, which was, I think, Precinct in uh, Assault on Precinct 13. Which, Does that yeah. ring a bell, Dakota? Yeah. It's, uh, I've heard of that movie. I, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a great movie. Yeah, so that's yeah. the movie he did just before this one. He couldn't find, like, a mainstream distributor, so he went to this independent guy named Erwin uh, Yablins. Uh, apparently, it took off in, in England. It won, like, some awards at the London Film Festival, so it got, you know, he had a good reputation. They were able to find financing for the next movie, um, and Erwin thinks that it would be a good idea to make a horror movie about babysitters that are getting terrorized terrorized on Halloween. So he brings that to John Carpenter. Uh, John Carpenter agrees to do a movie on four conditions. One is that he be paid $10,000 for his work, which includes writing, directing, and making the music. So that's a pretty good deal. Two is he retains full creative control of the movie. Three is that his girlfriend, Deborah Hill, who at that time was a script supervisor, is hired as the producer. She did a lot, she, according to the credits. Absolutely. Yeah, she ended up doing a lot more. Yeah. And uh, fourth is that his name would be featured on the title. And... Uh, he got all four, mm-hmm. nice. and that and that fourth one uh, went on to be kind of his trademark, right? Where his name is featured in the title of his movies, yeah. instead of the thing. It's John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a little pretentious to like insist that your name, like you've only made two movies, but like, maybe he's I, trying to make a name for himself at the I, time. I, you know? I, I think it's a cool like. Like something unique because it hadn't yeah, really like been it. done. I like that he did it. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> it, it, it to me it kind of adds to the mystique of the whole thing, you know. Chase Crawford's your father's favorite movies. <laughs> <laughs> Chase is smiling right now uncomfortably. <laughs> uh, for casting, uh, for the role of Doctor Loomis, they wanted to cast someone who. Had was well established in the film industry, so that they could lend credibility to the movie. So their first choice was um, Christopher Lee. You guys know him, yeah. Um, Saruman and so, uh, Count Dru- uh, Count Dooku. Count Dooku. Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, he turned it down because he wasn't offered enough money. Uh, Christopher Lee later said that was the biggest mistake of his career. Interesting. 
Yeah, because he was a, he he was a very like well renowned and well respected actor throughout his entire career, pretty much. Yeah, he played Dracula. He's yeah. like did a bunch of stuff. Like, you know, hmm. um, Jamie Lee Curtis, the only teenager cast in the movie of all the high school actors. The only actual teenager. I don't know how old she was. I think she was nineteen. Nineteen. But she, uh, yeah, she seemed a little older than eighteen. Damn, like I knew that she was a teenager when she filmed it, but she doesn't look like. I feel like she no, looks she's like one of the people that 20s. looks like they're forty, no matter yeah. like what age they are. Do you think that's because like we grew up with her being forty? I think that you know what that might her, be a part of so it. But we just associated. Just like, are we yeah. all gonna sound like this when we're like fifty years old? <laughs> she has because this whiny she voice. Yeah. No, no, but she still she has, has the, the same, same voice. voice yeah, yeah. Was, like, so, so I think yeah. this is proof that we are not, you know, right? Or or are you saying something? different than what I'm I just oh I just mean like when I heard her voice I was expecting her to sound like a teenager and she still sounded like Very she did similar. like when I first saw her in like Freaky Friday or True Lies <laughs> yeah like a 40 so year old yeah. this is your voice for the rest of your I life I know it's terrifying <laughs> how'd you guys think she did in the, the movie was she a good right. actress was she yeah I thought she was I, I, I think she's probably the best actress of the, the movie really like, yeah I thought so compared too. to the other I don't. I don't think the acting was like phenomenal in this movie. At she all. was twenty years old. Um, she was twenty. Mm-hmm. So she was nineteen when they cast her. Yeah. Okay. okay. Fifty-eight. She was born. It was seventy-eight, right? That's when the movie yeah. came out. So yeah. Okay. So when it was filmed and cast, she was nineteen. All right. Yeah, I, I agree though about the acting. The acting's not great in the movie. Yeah, yeah. But that's, yeah for the most, the girls. Specifically but, the girls. But on, honestly, that's another like kind of trope of a horror movie. Like yeah. horror movie acting is never really great. Like for right. the most part. That's true. Right. Yeah. It, like it, it almost adds to the, like oh yeah they almost yeah. deserve to like die. Like the, the stupid teen girl like yeah. acting. Totally, yeah. Yeah. totally. Like, yeah. I counted ten times that she said totally. Check it out if you if any of you guys are interested. Yeah, there's one girl that totally. was just said totally all the time, and <laughs> um, I, I you know compared to the thing, I thought the characters were a little more fleshed out. Uh, Real would, quick, yeah. I googled. This is actually a Google search that you can literally. Populates how many times is totally said in Halloween? Oh yeah, uh-huh. eleven times. Eleven. Oh. So, but how many times did that girl say it though? Do you think Linda says the word totally eleven times? Okay. Wow, I missed <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> Slipped past me. Um, so the characters are more fleshed out in this. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, and I think that that is part to do because he co-wrote this with his wife, mm. and his wife was. She was responsible for writing the majority of the women's dialogue, whereas John Carpenter wrote most of like Doctor Loomis's dialogue. But I I also think that's intentional for both movies because in the thing, a big part of that movie is that not everyone is really familiar with all the. You know what I mean? It's there's a mystery of who could be the monster and who couldn't, and I think not fleshing out the characters makes that more realistic you know what i mean oh, does that make sense yeah, yeah. Oh, like, makes when, them blanker, when, like, when okay. you don't know who the characters are you're also on the same page as the people mm. in in you the facility where Tie up with the rope and right you know. right so yeah. like you're not familiar with the characters so you're not sure who the monster could be where it's where what they're capable of where where in this mm. one you know who the monster is right and then you get a little more backstory behind the people who are potentially going to be victims, so you feel a little bit more when they get killed, right? Sure, right. So I think that's the. I think it's intentional that they're fleshed yeah. out more in this movie as opposed to the thing. This one, you're trying to empathize with all the characters versus the thing. You're you're trying to, to um, figure out to distrust. It's to distrust it's like, exactly. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis was literally cast in the movie only because she uh, she was the daughter of Janet Lee, who was in Psycho. So they they oh. want to do like a homage to that movie. Um, so speaking of Dr. Loomis, 
uh, the guy who played him. What'd you guys think of that performance? I thought it was good. I thought it was good too. Actually, yeah. I thought I think that he's actually a really good actor. I think that uh, of of all of them, he was the one with the most experience at the time. Yeah, Donald yeah. Pleasance. Donald Pleasance. Yeah, and he went on to make other stuff with John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did. Curious too to see well, him knowing it, that it's 1978. He should be young, but he was still an old man then. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah, he yeah. had stuff. He had stuff before I mean, he's, that. He's done uh, the Great Escape. He was the a Bond villain in. That's right. He and, was. Uh, uh, you only live twice. Oh my! Yeah, he was the guy with the cat. Um, yeah, yeah. The, he's like the Doctor Evil the Dr. parody. Evil, yeah. yeah, like his whatever yeah. that guy's name was. Bald in the head. Movie. Yeah. Um, so when he first met John Carpenter, he's like, "I don't like or understand the screenplay. Uh, <laughs> the only reason I'm doing this is because I need to pay alimony." Uh, <laughs> they, uh, wow. <laughs> And uh, he was the highest Them paid. Fancy words. Yeah, <laughs> he was the highest paid actor. He got twenty thousand dollars for five days of work. Uh, he was reportedly spent the majority of that time. Up? What's that? What do I sign up? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, in, in nineteen seventy-eight too. Man, um, so he reportedly spent the majority of that time drinking wine in his trailer throughout the entire shoot. Uh, he uh, would snap at Carpenter. In front of the crew and berate him. Uh, there's one scene in particular where he's talking to the nurse in the car when, when it's raining. Yeah. Where uh, someone said that they saw him drink two bottles of wine before that shot, and he could barely even walk straight, let alone like speak coherently. And they're like, "Are we going to even be able to shoot this scene?" And somehow, miraculously, between action and cut, he snapped into coherence. And could say all of his lines without seeming like totally hammered. But he was—he was two bottles of wine deep at that scene. That's Good crazy. For Good uh, for him. Yeah. So also, twenty thousand dollars in today's money would be ninety-one thousand dollars. Oh man, it's pretty good for five, for five days. days. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. It's like yeah. someone's salary. It's like almost twenty grand a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's why I did the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, might, I might consider He's like, I can it too. all the wine. Yeah. Yeah. Did you say you might consider it? That was the joke. Yeah, I I, I might consider it. (laughs) (laughs) Twenty thousand, maybe maybe thirty. For this movie, that was a huge percentage of the budget. The the budget was only three hundred thousand dollars. Whoa! It was all done with private financing. So this wasn't a major studio production. It was like no studio wanted to touch this movie. Why? Uh, They thought that horror movies were an unsound investment. Fair. At that at that time, it was unproven. Um, they probably thought that, of it as like a porno were... movie, you know. Oh, true. <laughs> Extreme. Yeah. Boobs. Just boobs, yeah. Everywhere. It's not that they were new. It was just more like a niche kind of thing up to this point. And this is kind of the one that kind of pushed horror into the mainstream. Right. It kind of proved yeah. that they could be profitable. Yeah, exactly. And so, then... so I'm kind of curious, too. Uh, so this was 300000 was the budget? Yeah. How much was the budget for Dawn of the Dead? 60000 Yeah. Wow. So this is all the more Dawn credit to Dawn of the Dead. Jeez. Same year, but they did it with one fifth of the money. But I, I Which explains yeah. the lack of acting. I, th- I think you can. I think you can tell the difference in the budget oh, between the two. Sure. Absolutely. Well, this was the biggest. Half of that three hundred thousand dollars was spent on strictly on these wine. state of the art uh, on wine for Donald Pleasant. They paid him twenty grand for acting and. $150,000 for this wine bill. Um, no, it, it was... Uh, so half of the budget was spent on these state-of-the-art Panavision cameras called Panaglides. These are commonly known now as Steadicams. This was only the second movie 
to use this equipment. Whoa. That's what, was, what was the That's first? That's really yeah. crazy. Oh, I, I, don't, I didn't have time to do that. So, <laughs> so the Panaglide, this is like, we see it in the very first scene at the very end That's where right. Michael's holding mm-hmm. the knife, right? And they like give the camera to the guy on the Panaglide and he like... Oh, the, the, whole, the, the whole first shot is, is uh, straight Panaglide. The POV shot? Yeah. The, yeah. 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 Um, which is a v- very, very iconic scene. And with the uh, where he puts the, the mask, mask over and the mask is over the camera, I think that's a really yeah. cool. That's the effect. They did that to trick cut because they can only shoot for so long because the panaglides can only hold so much film. So they need this long take. So they had to creatively put in a cut to break up the the one take. Yeah, and that's when the, the child puts there. on the mask. Put on the mask. You can see a, a little cut there if you're looking for it. It's crazy. Wow. Um, yeah. Can we uh, can we talk about the mask? Yeah. Michael Myers' face. I think about like scary movies and like you know the villains like Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger. Like, what do you get? Like, well, on a scale of one to ten, how terrifying do you think the original Michael Myers mask is? I think if you're gonna compare it to like other iconic like villains, right? He's probably in the top five, right? You got Michael Myers. Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, Darth Freddy Vader, Krueger. like what, like yeah. you know what I mean? That's like the that's the top of the Hellraiser, top. the guy with the needles in the face, I guess. Ooh. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Chucky. Texas Chainsaw yeah, Massacre. Chucky. But I, but I I think as far as like iconic villains, right? Like yeah. like you fa- everyone recognizes their face. Yeah, it's Michael Myers. It's Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Darth Vader, like Jason. Yeah. Those are the like. That's the, the Mount Rushmore. That's the Mount Rushmore of like villains. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That should be a Mount Rushmore. Um, <laughs> That'd be great. And like yeah, I think I I think it maybe has become less scary because we're so used to seeing it, right? Because it's so oh, iconic. Oh no, it's so scary. But yeah, at, at the time, because it's like it's it's almost like in the uncanny valley, right? Where it's like it looks like a human, but it's not really. You know what I mean? It, it's very freaky, and you can still see his real eyes underneath the mask. That's and what's that, so scary about it. It's like get, it's like human, but it's not. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Like, like it, it has the basic features of a human, but that's it. And I yeah. think uh-huh. I think that's supposed to symbolize michael myers himself right he has the basic features of a human but he's not inside really he's not he's evil right, exactly yeah insightful do you guys know where the mask was inspired from do you because i i know go ahead if you know no no I, uh, okay so uh <laughs> <laughs> he has it in front of him <laughs> yeah I, I, I literally have it right here you tell it, yeah um but so there were two masks they were going to try on first one was like this eerie smiling clown mask with red hair they brought that on they're like oh that's pretty creepy and the second mask was uh, something they bought at the uh, the Hollywood costume store for a dollar ninety eight. It was a Captain Kirk, you know William Shatner's Captain Kirk. Mm-hmm. Um, so they took his mask, they shaved the sideburns uh, oh. and the eyebrows. They cut larger holes in his eyes and painted it white and and uh, uh, sprayed the hair to be a darker shade. And uh, they came out and they're like, "Oh fuck, this movie's gonna be a hit." Cause oh, wow. it was terrifying. Like yeah. it is terrifying. Yeah, yeah. and the, and the mask has changed. If you guys have seen the other Halloween movies, they have different versions of the mask mm-hmm. over the years, and they get really bad. Like in the late '80s, when they're doing like Halloween Five and Six, it's just trash. But what's like, trash about it? It mm-hmm. just it loses its scariness about it. Like um, they 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 try too hard to yeah. make it scary, right? Or like yeah. kind of the scariness of this is the simplicity of it, right? It's yeah. not like Well and like it's just like why did you change it up? Just leave it the same. Yeah. It, yeah. I think I think it's one of those things where like the first mask, for some reason, it just had all the right elements. Mm-hmm. And then every new director kinda wanted to put their stamp on it. 
and it just lost some of what made it so scary, you know. And they they added new kinds of hair for like the eighties, and like it was just weird. So yeah, the first mask though, I th- they gave him a mullet in the eighties. It's the scariest mask yeah. in my opinion. But it's it's yeah. interesting how yeah. something so that's so that was so cheap, right, is so like instrumental in making the movie successful. Because if that ma- if they didn't nail the mask, the movie doesn't work. Yeah, the movie does not work if it's not a scary mask. Yeah, if they would have done a shitty yeah. clown mask with crazy yeah. hair, I'd have been like, yeah. Yeah, right. It wouldn't be a th- like, like when a he's famous like movie. standing in the laundry and she's looking down from the second floor. He'd be like, "I guess it's creepy." <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting too, and I don't know if this was on purpose, but like when they came up with that mask, it like fell right in line with like John Carpenter's dialogue for Donald Pleasance about who Michael Myers is. You know, he's this shape. You know, this yeah, the devil's eyes, and like he's this mystic, dark kind of creature-esque person you know i felt like the mask fell right into his poetic description of what michael myers was yeah yeah that's really cool and um yeah it's it's cool that it's it is because of they were on a budget constraint that they had to opt with something like that um thank god for all the wine (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh other budget limitations that uh they like ways that they tried to get around having a less money they had actors just wear their normal clothes instead of hiring a costume team. Um, Fair. Yeah. They, that 1978 Ford station wagon, the government car that Michael Myers is driving around, uh, they just rented that from a normal car, car company for two weeks <laughs> and didn't tell them where they're going to use it on a movie, so they, they, which is not so legal. Um, yeah, now, nowadays, you absolutely cannot do that. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to find a way around the rules when you got no money. Yeah, they, how uh, do they. How do they license that song, Blue Oyster Cult? That's what I was thinking when. Okay, because I mean, sure Roxanne is in the music licensing. I'm yeah. sure it's way cheaper back then, but I was just like, damn, they must have had a good budget. But maybe that's where all the money went. I don't know. <laughs> what I, w- was licensing even like that prominent in the seventies? That 70s? is a good question. Too. It might not have been. Yeah, like it might not have been yeah. like what it is today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because uh, that, that's the only that's the only outside song that plays in the whole entire movie is a Blue Oyster Cult song. Yeah, Don't and I remember it from uh, from Rock Band, which is a very uh, fitting song. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Do, do you think the Blue Oyster Cult maybe just did it for really cheap because they were just like a road band and just like, hey, you know, maybe you guys like, want to be in this movie? Yeah, sure, maybe. <laughs> Uh, and, I mean, and, and by nineteen seventy eight, they're a pretty big band. They're pretty. I think that the seventy well seven, you know, our culture, they weren't mainstream. Can't uh, vouch for the dates. Did John Carpenter have rock and roll connections? I know he he, he played some music too, right? It's po- that's yeah, that's a good that's a good question. Yeah, it's very possible that he had some huh. musical. T- it's definitely the ties. perfect song for that scene where they're just yeah. smoking the joint in their dad's car. Yeah, don't and, fear the and, reaper. Yeah, and that's another yeah, thing too. Like pimp ass car, dude. Mm-hmm. Like I, I slick. I think now if like you're at a new horror movie and they're playing Don't Fear the Reaper where when you know the bad guy was following a group of teens or whatever you'd be like oh come on right <laughs> but it, it obviously like that song was relatively new yeah. and probably had not been used in that scenario before so it's I also it kind of really, subtle it's yeah. kind of quiet yeah it was very yeah mm-hmm. I think it worked really well there yeah. was um something uh, a couple of the characters that I, I thought there was some cool fun facts about uh, Ben Tramer the one that um, we didn't see him the whole time. So yeah, so he's not in, he's not existed in this one, but Halloween two um, is a close. It takes place the same night as the first one. It's it's what happens after. 
the kids run oh, out of the wow. house. And so like oh. ha- Halloween two is actually probably my favorite one. Really? Of them. Yeah. It's interesting. It's, it's still John Carpenter and, um, it take it's l- what happens later that night. And the, and the um, the plot continues. Is Jamie Lee Curtis in it? Yes, Jamie Lee Curtis uh, is in it. the The sheriff is the same. Donald Pleasance is in it. Like it's the same characters, but it moves forward. Yeah. So uh, Ben Tramer is in the next one. He he's like one of these guys that gets like killed, hit by a car, and oh, and he gets killed. And they're like, oh yeah, we're try. Some friends come up to the sheriff. They're like, we can't find Ben Tramer. You know, we saw him. He was wearing this stupid mask and blah blah blah. And it turns out to be like one of these guys that gets killed in the. Oh um, man! But it's I like how like they continued that character. Into... So she she never gets to go to the dance with Ben Tramer. Went to the dance. <laughs> Dang. Uh. Um, the two kids too. Uh, what were their names? Tommy and uh, Lindsay. 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 <laughs> so they those two they as adults are the main characters of Halloween Six. So they come back. Dude, how many sequels? I think there's 13 movies. Something like that, yeah. There, there's one that just came out. There's one that's in theaters right yeah. now. It's called Halloween Ends. Halloween Ends, yeah. yeah. And I and, doubt... And it also has Jamie Lee Curtis in it. Yeah. yeah. So it's the uh. it's the 13th Halloween. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. This is the, the 13th, 13th episode, episode of the podcast. Yeah. Whoa. It's, it's 13. I just oh, my God. I'm going to flip my car 10 times on the way home. <laughs> well, that's what's going to happen. While you're flipping that your lo- car, <laughs> if you flip... October thirty first. Whoa! <laughs> if you hear Blue Oyster Cult, get out of your car and run. So the film takes place in Illinois in uh, October. You guys want to guess where it was actually filmed? Pasadena, Georgia. Yeah. Oh, you cheated! Uh-huh. No, I. That's really funny. Cause I, didn't, like I didn't know. I didn't mean to cheat, but I actually went to the house. I have a picture in front of the house that it's filmed at. That's right. In yeah, Pasadena. yeah. Yeah, it's it's a registered California landmark, yes. uh, the house in South Pasadena, and it's ha- it's connected to like a Halloween museum. I went oh, to it last cool. year. I Which just remembered cool. all of Which, this right now. What was now. that like? It was really cool. They like do like movie screens there during the month of October. That's great. So, like, oh, nice. Uh, I don't know. And then they oh they actually have like a big like him standing in like the back of it and stuff. And like they do different movies. So like I think it was like Trick or Treat that. Uh, one of the scary movies, like pretty old, I think. Huh. Um, well, but that's so funny. My friend is obsessed with halloween and so she was like can we go to this and i come busy and i was like yeah so that i went i just unlocked a memory (laughs) (laughs) which house is the one in pasadena is it the myers house it's it's the myers house okay because there's three because there's really three houses that the movie takes place in right there's the myers house there's annie's house uh laurie strode's house laurie's house right yeah okay yeah it's the one with like super narrow staircase Wow. Oh, Roxanne's showing us. What you're, we're not going to pick up any of what you just said. That's yeah, so this is Michael cool. Myers. <laughs> I have wow. to go. I have, I have to go there. Yeah, too. I can't it's believe so you nice. haven't gone, Derek. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I cannot believe that either. Yeah, I, let's go on a date, Derek. So, well, huh? You want to go on a Halloween date? Let's, please, please. <laughs> let's Wait, go. So, so I don't know if uh, I asked you yet in this podcast. You're the one who showed me Halloween. Why were you like? Do you remember when you first saw this movie? Yes. Uh, when I, I saw, I first saw this movie when I was in sixth grade. Uh-huh. And uh, me and my friends had just started getting into horror movies, and of course, you know, this is the cla- one of the classics, and it just grew on us. And like, instead of the gun game that we were playing, you know, when we were kids, where you know we make pretend guns, uh-huh. all of a sudden be- it became Michael Myers' game. You know, and, like, <laughs> uh, I remember I-, I found the Halloween mask immediately, like after I saw it, it was Halloween, and I found 
at the store the the Michael Myers mask. And I remember uh-huh. I put that on and I came to school and everyone was just like getting out of the way. <laughs> it was so terrifying. And my parents like my dad looked at me he, like had the look of shock like oh that's Dude, that's that scary. mask really does it. Yeah, it really does. Um, but yeah, um, it had a huge effect on me. And ever since then, all of our friends, we were all into scary movies, and we, you know, saw all of the rest. It was, it was a big part of my childhood for sure. Yeah, yeah that that actually kind of reminds me of a, a childhood moment. Uh, if I was to guess, I would say it'd be like third or fourth grade, and we're like all playing on the playground, and like one of the bully kids, <gasps> he was like, I think he had must have just watched Halloween. And he was like chasing after some kid, but he just was like walking and oh, like no. stopping mm-hmm. the, the kid. Whole, yeah. And so the and the and it was just creeping the uh, the kid that was running around. Wait, he was like creeping him out more. He's like, ah, oh, like stop, you know. And he just kept like cutting him off and just walking slowly towards him, you know. Yeah, dude. And I just like as a kid, I hadn't seen the movie yet, but uh, as soon as I saw the movie, it was like, oh, that's what. <laughs> So and so was doing on the playground <laughs> when we were kids. Like, Wait, so exactly. how old were you guys when you first saw this movie? I was probably 12, 11 or twelve. I was like, it was two years ago. I was yeah. like twenty. Yeah, I was, I was probably ten, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I would, I would guess like I was thirteen young. or fourteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a classic yeah. part of and growing up. Do you guys remember being Dakota? Were you scared when you saw it when you were ten? I remember being scary. Yeah, yeah. I remember being obviously more scary when I was a kid than no. than now. Same. Um, yeah, like in particular, I remember like the the raining at the beginning of the movie uh, with the with the doctor mm. and like all the crazies are out mm. on the lawn and he's you know and they're they're yeah. like, they normally let him wander <laughs> just in the rain. I thought that was <laughs> creepy. <laughs> For some like, reason, like you. that scene. <laughs> it, well, it, when that's also when we first see Michael and you get that. Ring. Yeah, yeah. And the music gets all crazy. Yeah. I, I think I think I also had the benefit of seeing this early on, like before I saw a lot of other horror movies. So a lot of the things that are like now tropes were fresh to me. So mm. it, it it was more scary at the time. It's a good first one to see. Yeah, I don't think it was my first one, but it was definitely like one of the earlier ones that I've seen. Yeah, kind of started with the classics and worked my way up. So. Yeah, I I feel like I was in the same boat as you, and like we were talking about it earlier. It's like for the time, this was a scary movie. This kind of scary movie hadn't really been done yet and so and so like you and i it's like having seen this is like our first scary movie it's mm. like those kind of things played on our psyches just like it did the first time that the audience back then saw it you know right so it was terrifying point. for me too I, I was horrified when i was a kid i think so Roxanne, what do you think was the scariest part for you if, you, if there was any um i did jump i like semi screamed at one of the parts i can't think of what it was though i think it was like a jump scare um but no, there was definitely like, cause yeah, you're like waiting. It's like that. Yeah, it's the, it's a suspense, and like you're like waiting for the, him to like jump out or something to happen. You're like, where is he coming from? Mm. And which is, you know, all. Do you remember wh- of the... which which jump scare? No, I don't remember. Oh. I should have wrote it down. Well, I guess it must not have been that scary. No, maybe I like am traumatized, so I like blocked it. Um, out. I, don't <laughs> know. I I I feel like it was when. She had just found out that all the people were murdered, and she was up against the wall, and he comes out oh, of the dark. Oh, yeah, that's oh. when it was. Because yeah. mm-hmm. it was at the top yeah. of the stairs. Yeah. That's a yeah. good one. Yeah. yeah, that was a good one. Uh, my scariest part was, um, it wasn't a jump scare. I, this part has stuck with me like throughout the years. It's uh, when the boy looks out the window, and he sees Michael Myers carrying the girl into the house. Mm. That part. And you said that when we were yeah. literally watching it. You're like, that was terrifying yeah. to me. Yeah, uh, like that, that was horrifying when I was a kid. Like, 
he, you know, it's just like there's this shadowy shape carrying a dead body into a house, you know, yeah. and nobody else saw it but you. And yeah. I guess that's another thing is like that's like she saw this figure all day, and now the kid is trying to tell her, "I'm seeing exactly what you're seeing," but the kid can't communicate what he sees. Yeah, and yeah. you're like, just put it together that you're seeing the same thing. No, yeah, you're just I'm gonna turn the TV off. And also the kid when when uh, Jamie Curtis is screaming and like asking him to let him back in the house, and she's like torn up and bloody, <laughs> and he's like, ah, oh, he's like so nonchalant so about. Tired. He didn't like remember the <laughs> yeah the creepy figure and yeah. So he was sleeping just fine. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Chase? What was your uh, scariest part? Mm, Maybe from the, the the raining scene in the okay. beginning. Yeah, sure. Just just from my childhood, it stuck with me. You know. Yeah, yeah. So this movie was distributed in a very uh, interesting way because, like I said, no studio wanted to even take a chance. This movie, they didn't even send a representative to the. Uh, the special preview of the movie to see if it was going to test well or not. So um, luckily the guy who produced it was an independent distributor. He opened it up in one city, Kansas city. Uh, he like to a select group of theaters. Um, and he found that ticket sales doubled every single day that the movie was out exponentially. So he's like, Oh, so this is a movie that's probably going to do pretty well if it's, wow. if it's doing this. So he started opening up in Chicago and then Los Angeles, New York and bigger cities. Then by the next year in 1979, uh, in time for Halloween, it got a wide release, became a huge hit, um, ended up grossing $47 million domestically. That was the next year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By Halloween next year, it was uh, a hit. Jinx. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We're so Um, in sync, guys. I know, right? It was the 14th highest grossing movie of 1978. You guys want to guess what number one was? Oh, man. No, I'm really bad at this. Every time I listen to you guys, I'm like, I don't even know what what came out that year. (laughs) Oh, man, I've got to take a guess. Wait, did we just do this on the other podcast? Oh, I know what it is. What is it? Smokey and the Bandit. No, oh, no. Good I, guess. I E.T., I don't know. No, it was Superman. So, okay. Superman got $134 million. Okay. So Wow. Know. Damn. For that year? Yeah. That's crazy. That's pretty that's good. That's like a billion dollars today. <laughs> insane. And, and that's not even counting, uh, like, home media and then the franchise and legacy of the movie, like the 13 sequels that... I'm pretty yeah, sure how much money this has spawned yeah. over time. My oh uncle my owns like every single Halloween on VHS. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. Really? He has like over a thousand VHSs back home. Wow. I'm going to go hang out at his house. There's some diehard yeah. fans this of this podcast for, him, for sure. I'm one of them. In fact, I've, you know what? I almost feel like I'm a bad diehard fan. I should be, I should have seen that house. I should have gone there. Yeah. It's still there. You no, can no, know. I know. I'm, I'm saying like, I'm saying I'm a oh, diehard like fan, but if I'm really a diehard fan, I should you be there. Yeah. yeah. So I'm a, a really gone. big fan. Fan, <laughs> fan. I should I kill somebody tonight. I'm a real diehard <laughs> fan. Amen. Amen. You know, it's oh. time to step a teenager. Step it up. So I got a couple of just weird things that I noticed. So when they were doing the obvious plug of Tide... Uh, when she, you know, <laughs> spills butter all over herself, and then she has to uh, go wash her clothes. So there's like a giant Tide box. It's twenty five percent off. It's like so clearly an ad placement. But then, interestingly, when she goes in and gets her ass caught in the window, uh, there's a box of Clorox too. <laughs> well, Chase, 
That's because Tide is laundry detergent and Clorox is bleach. Two different <laughs> things. Use it for two different purposes. What are you trying to say, Chase? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, so, I don't know. So the Tide got you know it got it got the show. It you know we get, we everybody saw that Tide box. Yeah. Everyone uh-huh. saw the Clorox no too. In the scene, but, but the, the, but the, the Clorox was, the was there for a much shorter amount of time. It wasn't lit. They didn't pay up. There was much a butt money. in the scene. So there is a little psychology behind that that was used. Uh, it's probably still used today though. Is like um, uh, you have. Movies where like the good guys are drinking Coca Cola and the bad guys are drinking Pepsi, you know, and like that's yeah, but like, it was the same scene, right? But they're they're but not competing products. Clorox and Tide. That's what I'm saying because Tide is for colors and Clorox is for white. <laughs> she didn't ever done laundry blend, before. So. And now yeah. we talk about <laughs> laundry on this podcast. <laughs> uh, so so the, also uh, the old school Clorox box, uh, it was very clear. It was like Clorox and then below it two. And I was like, Clorox, too. I've never heard it called that before. So I went and like looked up the modern Clorox box, and it still has a two after it. It's just very small. Hmm. It's like uh, in like there's the X at the end of Clorox. Mm-hmm. The two is kind of tucked into the right wing of the X. It's like the uh, Mandela effect. Yeah. Oh, so Mandela effect. So then, you know, I was just kind of curious, like, did they call it that for some kind of, like, chemical reason or something? And no, in the '60s they just introduced <laughs> Clorox two to try to sell more Clorox. Yeah. Huh. Better than Clorox one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, th- so that was one. Uh, you know, the new and improved. Quaker was thing also I saw, tied um, for oatmeal. Quaker. Mm-hmm. There was also some prominently featured Jolly popcorn, which <laughs> I, I oh, yeah. don't even what? think it's a business anymore. But <laughs> yeah, Lindsay brought the popcorn across the street. Right. They had kept it in yeah, there. Yeah, she did. They brought it in their car. Yeah. It's really good popcorn. It's, it's funny how like even this movie has product placement. You would think that like of all movies, like movie about teen girls being sponsors. murdered. That's what I was gonna say. It's yeah. like you know, yeah. if if anybody, maybe it's the of independent artists that need products. those sponsors mm. the most. For the serial killers, when you need the blood, when you wash clean out of your clothes. clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come Clorox too. Oh my god! You see the next Tide commercial has something yeah. to do with this chick like getting stuck and. Are your sheets Get dirty em. from strangers fucking them and then getting murdered? <laughs> you take your gum stains and blood stains. Teen blood on your sheets. You got them clean. Uh, too much teen blood in your sheets. <laughs> <laughs> Classic problem. Oops. I murdered a teen on my baby. sheets. That's the cigarette smell for me, so, but. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, smoking cigarettes, too. There was a lot of smoking in this movie. I like. Because right. now know there's, it was bad there's, then. there's not a lot of smoking um, in movies nowadays, I feel like. But they know it's bad. in yeah. the 70s and 80s, they smoked all the fucking time on screen. Hey, a cigarette a day keeps the doctor away. Yeah. Cigarettes in restaurants and malls at work. On the airplane, but the yeah. be- the best is when they're ripping darts in the bedroom of somebody in else's house. Par- they just they just went to somebody house. else's house and then uh, had sex Ballsy. in their parents' bedroom, uh, ripping cigs. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking legendary. <laughs> but th- it's those kind of things that add up to be like, you know what? They deserve to die. You know, oh. when the serial killer kids. comes in. That's yeah. in that's school. that's an interesting question. It, this movie, like you know, there's a horror movie trope, like oh, if you have sex, if you do something that's not, you know. Puritan, you know, Christian values. That's those are the people that get killed. Do you yeah. think this movie was trying to preach that when, like, with because all the people that got killed are like either naked or about to have sex do you or have having an sex? Answer to this question, or are you just asking our opinion? Uh, yeah, just the, asking. the only person that survived was Lori, who wasn't who was the Girl Scout yeah. and she wore a bra. She didn't wear a bra, right? Yeah, I think that the the director is just finding little ways to and make she didn't it, get laid. You know, justified for them to get killed versus the uh, 
the hero, you know, Laurie Strode's character, who's proper and smart and, you know, actually is looking out for things. You know, she yeah. she deserves to live more because she's smarter than the other ones, you know, and not as much of a delinquent. Like, just kind of maybe like little psychological cues for the viewers to be like, oh, yeah, they're assholes having sex, smoking cigarettes in the parents' bed. They deserve to get murdered. You know, it's like yeah. adding to the list of reasons. Yeah, that's interesting. So, so are you saying yes or no on the director was trying to get... I'm saying that the director was doing it for those reasons. I don't think that he was trying to do it like... I don't think he was doing it because of that's how things were done before. I think that he was like, how can we make it so like the the fans are okay with us killing these people? So you don't think he was trying to improve society with these choices? Not at all. It, it's, it wasn't uh, deliberate like... No. If you I have sex, to, you're going to go to hell. No, kind of I don't thing. think that he I had some kind of religious... It, and it's no. just talking about how Christians don't celebrate Halloween or you're not a bad Christian if you do celebrate Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's good to know. You're not a bad Christian if you don't if you celebrate Halloween. Yeah, I don't... If the question was if he had an agenda to help society, no, I don't think so. I think he was just yeah. trying to create, you know, reasons for his characters but to get killed. But that's okay become it. a rule. Like, uh, Scream, you know, what do they... They break down, like, the horror movie rules. It's like... Oh. Scream is an interesting movie because they're like parodying I horror movies. I just watched it for like the first time. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's good, yeah. Yeah, but they're like, yeah, don't don't ever have sex. That's how you survive a horror movie. Or just don't talk to someone. But yeah, because Friday the 13th has it. Yeah, it's, it, it yeah. becomes part of well, the horror genre for sure. During like, I want to say like maybe 2008 to 2010, like all those like terrible scary movies came out and it was like all just like literally people having sex and getting murdered. Like my bloody Valentine's one that like comes to mind. Yeah. Um, Drag me to hell was like another terrible one. And like during those years, like, Oh, let's go see scary movies. And they were just all so bad. It was like yeah. so sad. Huh. So, so I'm curious in, uh, Dawn of the dead, the pilot, Steven and his yeah, wife, I guess they have sex. Do they both die? No, she survives. She but survives. They, 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 they're having sex before the movie. Yeah. They don't I, have it during the movie. No, I think this well, they is... They have a date night. <laughs> it, it's different. This it's is the movie that sets up that whole yeah. like horror thing. And I, it's playing off well, of teenagers' fears of having sex, meaning that that will make them impure. And it's a way of being like, yeah, I will. It's going to make you like... You know, get right, be- murdered because the, because the demographic for horror movies is absolutely like teenagers to probably twenty five years old, right? So that demographic, yeah. hitting that demographic for horror movies is important. So that's kind of probably what they're going for, right? Yeah. Whereas th- those Play people having fears. sex were conceiving a child. In the so Dawn of the Dead. They were married or no? And that's the they only were, reason they, were they like should like have sex is to conceive a child. <laughs> and, and she got pregnant. <laughs> right, right, Remember right. that. But they right. weren't married. I don't know if they were married. I don't know if they. Say. No, no. Oh, she he tries to. Yeah, we're doing a podcast about last podcast, <laughs> but, but you know, he, he he proposes to her and she pushes the ring back. Mm. So oh. they did deserve oh, you're to right. die. You're, you're right. right. Yeah. You're right. Um, I've got another point uh, off the one we're making too. It's that this genre also is like sex is part of the genre. Mm-hmm. There has mm. to be some hot chicks. There has to be some kind yeah. of sexual activity. Why do you guys could have some open blouses? Because, maybe because of the demographic. Like what yeah, you're yeah, it, yeah, it appeals to. The yeah. demographic they're looking for. Yeah, like, you know, because yeah. yeah. 60, 60 year olds aren't going to watch horror movies. Uh, you know, seventy year olds. It's not. It's not. John Carpenter was just a dirty dog. He rocked <laughs> a roller. <laughs> like to see some nice titties. Dirty, dirty dog. 
You know what's scary? Teen titties. Write it down. <laughs> after. You're totally right, though, because like I'm a know, genius. Put my name oh, in front no, of the movie. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like teenagers and young twenty-year-olds, they want to. Yeah, they want to see people having sex. They're 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 horny themselves. Oh, yeah. So and, it's like they probably went home and had sex with their girlfriends afterwards. He's, you he's know? Like, well, I need five hundred thousand dollars and eight. Teenage girls, right now. <laughs> I'm gonna make art. Yeah. This is my art. Did you, did you look up how much Jamie Lee Curtis got paid? Uh, yeah, I think eight thousand dollars. Yeah, that. that's why I was curious. And she wasn't a star. She thought she was gonna be fired on the first day. She thought she was terrible. She wasn't worthy really? of the part. Yeah. Wow. Um, so I'm sure she was happy to get the eight thousand dollar check. Well, and this but, movie made her career. Absolutely, her breakout yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, and she's she's in the new one coming out this she's year. In all of them, almost. No, not all of them. She was she's actually only in a few of them. Yeah. And all in all the new yeah. ones, I guess I mean. Yeah, in all the new ones. Yeah, she's in uh, all those ones. Yeah. And she's old. She's been in a, bu- a, a bunch. <laughs> of But she still over, sounds the same. She still sounds the same. <laughs> Sixty three years old, I think I saw. Yeah. Yeah. So Michael, you know, we we talked about how uh, the doctor doesn't really speak on what's wrong with him per se uh but the whole time i was thinking to myself i was like is he a genius is he a mastermind or is he just a moron that's like super lucky and has like the wind blowing along with him you know (laughs) i think that he's he is almost like a a demon of some kind he's like powered by some kind of evil force that's driving yeah evil pushing him some kind of intelligent so he's a moron (laughs) no not a moron i think that he's just He's evil. He's that's what Wait, he is. Are we he talking about Michael evil. or the doctor? <laughs> Michael, uh, Myers. Michael, Michael Myers. I, I, li- <laughs> I like your theory that he could possibly be dumb. Like he's like Lenny from Of Mice and Men, just going around stabbing uh, people. I mean, that's what I think. Yeah. <laughs> you guys got to look at his face when she so briefly like, took off the mask. Uh, yeah. The guy from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like I never seen like, that. You've never seen that? Don't, you just saw, you haven't seen Halloween until tonight. <laughs> Come on, you know, uh, nice, living nice glass nice. houses, okay. throwing stones. I am. But like it's like the same thing, like yeah, just like not. Am very I doing smart. a good job, guys? <laughs> yeah. Just stabbing people. Maybe yeah, maybe that he was trying to show his sister that he loved her. And he mm. just that's. Yeah, and then he goes outside <laughs> to, to tell his parents, like, just like OJ trying yeah. to show his wife. He <laughs> yeah, OJ was like, him. I was just telling my wife I love her, dude. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he doesn't love his parents. That's why he didn't try to kill them. Maybe he's in love with all the. Wait a second, all OJ didn't do it. He's in love with all the girls, and that's why he that's kills them. That's a real them. moral of the movie. Because he sees their boobs. I know. Uh, yeah, I don't know if, maybe I'm biased. I just I prefer I see him the way I want to see him. Like I, Derek, I see him as an intelligent being. I think yeah. that that's Derek's the point, used to though. That's why acting they don't show the him. person because like your imagination is what is he thinking? What does he look like? And right. then they show him a glimpse, which I would have never known that that was a thing. <laughs> that you see his face in the movie. Right. So yeah, that's, that's the only time yeah, you see his face in all thirteen. In all the the whole franchise is the only time. And wow. except for like when he's a kid. Do you think that was a mistake to show his face, or no? I think it was perfect. It was just perfect. Just a, yeah, just once, and you never see it again. And then like you show that it shows he's human. Yeah. And then yeah. his eyes missing because huh. she stabbed him. Yeah, he's got the... like this weird uh, like eye thing going mm-hmm. on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, I feel like he's pretty calculated and smart with his decision making. Yeah, like I mean, he he pulls tricks on people. Like yeah. you know, he's he's pranking Setting them. He's booby traps. He's killing them. He's dragging the bodies and hanging them. Like he's intelligent. If he was he's dumb, pr- he would get caught much earlier. <laughs> he's just know? sitting on the couch. He knows how to drive a car. He knows how to drive a car. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and they're like, "How did he learn how to drive a car?" Yeah, that 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 was the maybe best part. someone taught him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like th- is he implicating that like the other doctor was teaching Michael how to drive and, like, trying to <laughs> humanize him? I guess. <laughs> what, what doctor, like, listen here, son. Put your foot on the gas. <laughs> Check One your mirrors. you're going to try to escape, and mirror. here's how you do it. Here's, hold the knife while you're driving. 
<laughs> uh, and don't forget your blinker. Yeah. Uh, once Always check your mirrors. Yeah, exactly. I mean, shoot. You, yeah, you drove right out of there. Yeah. I mean, I guess he's like, he's going to pass his driver's test if he's got a knife with him. True. But mm-hmm. also, he literally, yeah, like stopped at the stoplight, waited, like in that scene when the yeah. doctor's like back. Yield. And then he turned, he makes a nice turn, probably yeah. waves a little bit. He was <laughs> driving his car perfectly in frame yeah. whenever the camera was pointed. Yeah. yeah. That, that would have been awesome in the first five minutes of the movie. He just wraps around a telephone pole. He's <laughs> like, shit, that didn't work out the way I thought. That was easy. Oh, <laughs> I've got something for you. She didn't know how to drive after all. <laughs> it's the end of the movie. She <laughs> just dies, dude. We're talking about Michael Myers' intelligence. Compared to Jason Voorhees, I think Jason Voorhees, he, Voorhees is the dumb one. Jason Voorhees, when you yeah, see his character, yeah. he, he's a bludgeoner. He's he's clumsy, but he's strong. And like he's also kind of dumb. Like His his moves aren't graceful. Yeah. Michael Myers is almost like a dancer. He's like graceful in like wow. that way. You I know, think someone has a crush on Michael Myers. I would, I would <laughs> like to... He used to pretend... He used to wear Michael Myers and play oh, Michael yeah. Myers with his friends. I want to be... He, he, he's, you know he's like sympathizing. Guys, uh, you <laughs> but not lipstick? My Michael Myers? <laughs> <laughs> but like Michael Myers is graceful. He's slick. Whereas like... I want to fuck Michael Jason, Myers. My, Jason Voorhees is <laughs> like a bludgeon. Like, you know? Michael Myers is slick. Do he's got... Rock hard abs, great biceps. And how much is it Michael Myers that's slick, and how much is it John Carpenter? Right, but I mean, you could say okay. the same about any okay. of the characters. John Carpenter's not in the movie. Right. He's not, he's, he's I mean, he's all over the movie. <laughs> all of the movie. We haven't mentioned one important thing about Michael Myers, and oh. it's this. <laughs> Hold on. Everyone, he doesn't die. Michael Myers never dies. And you know, at the end of the movie, he gets shot, and he f- and not to mention all the times he gets, he gets stabbed. stabbed. And with a, he can with really a, a knitting yeah. needle, and oh, yeah. with a, his knife, and with no a hanger. Sorry, oh, there's the hanger in the eye. Yeah, yeah. And, but I think one of the best parts for to add suspense at the end of the movie to leave the audience with fear is the fact that he gone. is gone. Uh, you know, he he gets shot six times. He falls off the balcony. Bam! He's on the ground, and everyone's expecting okay, he's dead. When you look back. He's gone, yeah. and the, the music starts up. What if you know? he made his way to North Hollywood? The doctor's like, fuck, I'm going to get fucked. I mean, dude. he's only in Pasadena. <laughs> so fuck. I thought I was <laughs> ready for tonight. Shit. Yeah. 15 years? Yeah. Yeah. But the, the, but the music starts, you know, and, like, it builds the suspense of, like, and he's off, you know. And who knows? He could be around your corner or your corner. And right. they do that at the end. Right. They do shots of the house and where he was and of the living room, almost, like, telling the audience, like, he could be behind your couch I'm, or your I'm house. getting goosebumps right now yeah, because you're talking to me yeah but yeah and then you can hear his breathing and t- and, and, and he fades away but it's because uh john carpenter said like what he wants the audience to come away with is he wants them to be afraid to walk back to their car after well, they, i am <laughs> <and work. laughs> yeah Derek's over here hard as a rock yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can you see my skin tight jeans right now <laughs> That's right. Yeah. There's two types of people in the world. <laughs> oh man. The a funny part of the movie was when like the kids, the three like boys go up to like try to like scare each other at the house, and then like the doctor's like, "Get out of here!" And then he has, like, that weird little smirk. Yeah. <laughs> he's so happy. So yeah. And then he gets scared by the yeah. yeah. yeah uh, that yeah. was a great little scene, little tidbit. <laughs> that was good. It, uh-huh. Well, it brings a little humanity into like these, you know, th- this doctor and this officer. Mm-hmm. You know, they they're just kids like everybody else all of a sudden. You know, and then it's like right back to all right, 
there's a murderer on the loose. Oh my god! And then like how the officer, besides the the fancy words thing, was when he's like, "Well, if he's here, it's your fault." <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, he pins it on him. Yeah, he's like, yeah. "I didn't do this." <laughs> yeah, the doctor is warning everybody the whole time, and everybody's like, "No, no, 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 no." Just listen to him. No it's one your listen, fault. No one listens to anyone in this, these movies. That's the other yeah. frustrating part. Yeah. They, if they would have listened. Yeah. You know. Please listen to me if I ever say that there's a man standing outside your window. <laughs> Same. But uh, can you imagine what the movie would be like if everyone listened and did everything and nothing happened? You know, yeah, nice. yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be a movie, you know. They just fucking tase it. I get it. <laughs> I, I, I bet Derek, you would still like the movie. <laughs> he looked so good. <laughs> In that jumpsuit. That's right. Yeah. And that painted white face mask. And that beautiful hair. That's right. <laughs> Taking him on a date. Running your fingers through that hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I should be for Halloween. I should get like Michael Myers as my date, and I'll be like, I don't know, who would be Michael Myers' date if you had to choose somebody? Ooh. Oh. Who's weird. his date? The, the corpse of his sister. I don't know. The tombstone he's carrying around. I was fucking me. Judith Myers. Yeah, there you go. Or what if, Derek, you're the tombstone and you're yeah, carrying around right. Michael oh, Myers? Oh, yeah. Little like, Michael Myers. <laughs> yeah. He's your friend. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. So we, we rate on two different scales. One of them being, you know, how much did you enjoy the movie? How watchable is it? The other one being like, uh, if I was a judge on a panel and I have to, um, you know, give this movie an award, you know, how deserving of like best picture do you think? I would I would rate it. So enjoyability, um, it's hard for me to rate it because, like I said, I saw this movie after I was already way overexposed to like all the horror movie um, cliches. So they don't have they don't land on me the same way that it would if I saw it like when I was a kid or back in 1978. That being said, it's fun to watch it with a crew, um, but I would think it's still like. In the six, I maybe I'll give it a six point five. I'll give it a six point five enjoyability. Uh, critically, um, giving credit to the time and the context that came out, and you know, I'd, okay, I'll I'll give it um, I'll give it a a six for critical. That's just how I feel. Okay. <laughs> uh, no one reacted. That was really funny. Usually there's like reactions, and I was just like, oh. <laughs> I like the pause. Though. Yeah. That was good. I, I was, thought you were going to say like an eight. I should I should think about this stuff because I don't, I leave it until like I'm about to say and pull it out of my ass, and I'm like, it's kind of better. I'm right there with you. So don't yeah. Worry. Okay. Um, I will give it um, an eight for enjoyability. Um, I think it holds up, it still holds up really well. Um, I think I p- part of the reason is it doesn't rely a lot on, uh, like like practical effects or anything. It's just um, just tension, and um, yeah, yeah, like real world uh implications, which I think is is cool. Um, so yeah, it really, I I feel like if I watch it in nineteen seventy eight, I would probably feel the same way as watching it now. Um, so yeah, I'll give it an eight. Critically, I'll give it an eight and a half, actually. I'll give it higher just because of the influence it had on the genre. I feel like if you influence an entire genre the way that this movie has, you deserve some amount of credit for that. Um, my only real knock on it is the acting. Um, mm-hmm. a- a- aside from 
probably Jamie Lee Curtis and and maybe the Donald Pleasance. Don, Donald Pleasance. Most actors are totally girl. Totally girl <laughs> nailed it. Um, yeah, most of the acting. Most acting pretty poor. Um, but I feel once again John Carpenter nails it throughout the movie. Um, the, the shots he sets up, cinematography is great. Uh, I think the pacing is pretty solid. There's a point I think between the first kill and the the second kill where it, it drags on a little longer than I would like it to. Um, but I still think he builds attention pretty well. Um, and yeah, just the influence on the genre as a whole can't be denied. So I'm gonna, I'll give it an 8.5. So 8 and 8.5. 8 and 8.5. Really yeah. quick, who is the worst actor in the movie since you brought the up The worst uh, actor in the movie acting. is probably Annie, I would yeah, say. The, yeah. Yeah. The, like the over-inflection and everything. Yeah, and what about Lindsay? The girl? The little girl? Yeah, she's terrible. She's like no <laughs> impact yeah, whatsoever. Bad, yeah. What about Lindsay? Chase is like, have you seen these third graders' drawings? <laughs> <laughs> They're <laughs> terrible. Fucking idiots. She actually went on to be a, like relatively famous. With the little girl? Yeah, so she was in like Little House on the Prairie and a bunch of other stuff. And okay. she's like steadily worked for probably the, the last so 30, she got, 40 years. She got better. Yeah, her. she got better. Yeah. yeah, I remember when her brother was addicted to morphine. Yeah. <laughs> what? Little House on the Prairie. Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> that was a Jason, fun episode. They tackled real issues on that show. <laughs> yeah, so so eight, eight and eight and a half. Okay. That's where I'm at. Damn. All right. I was really hoping Dakota didn't like this movie because <laughs> I like when he shits on the movies. So. <laughs> I know there's two in a row I haven't absolutely Whoa. decimated. Cool. Yeah, well, any John Carpenter. Dakota's. I'm a John Carpenter. Dakota Carpenter likes John so. Carpenter oh, yeah. just yeah. as much as. Derek likes yeah, Michael like Myers, so it's it's hard <laughs> to get any. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to see I want to see John Carpenter's shirt. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, my ratings, I would say for what's the first one again? Oh, entertainment. Entertainment value, um, it's a seven. I was pleasantly surprised at actually how good it still was, because like rewatching stuff like Freddy versus Jason, like even from not even that long ago, trash, but. This is really good. Um, critically, I'd give it an eight. Because just like basically everything Dakota said. Yeah. Very true. That's a good point. It is it is better than I think anything that's of its really genre that's coming out these you, days. I was expecting you to give it a higher than a six. Maybe I should bump it up. But no peer pressure. This is just. Yeah, I think I, I think your, not, your knock on it critically is not really fair. Because you're saying well, I had seen it so late in the game. Well, that, that that's my yeah. in entertainment. Oh, entertainment. But critically, yeah, yeah. the thing is, I'm not a big horror guy. So whenever I'm thinking of like critical stuff, I'm, I'm like, well, it's a See, horror it's, movie, so it's so not real. When, when, when I'm when I'm rating, I'm rating them within like the genre they're created in, right? So uh, you okay. can't you can't compare uh, the top horror movie to The Godfather, right? Because it's not they're not going for the same thing, right? They're not trying I mean, to achieve. That's what I'm doing with critical right. score, but right, they're not trying to Everyone achieve the same thing. I'm comparing every movie to The Godfather, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll I'll give it a seven for critical. I think I think I was being a little too low. I need, I need more time to think about it. Yeah, but, but, okay. well, but kind of that's why we have other people too, at like to to offset your score. So I don't know. You think I should keep the? No, but I mean, I mean, he, I he heard other people's said. arguments and is changing his argument. I, I think that's fair. Yeah, maybe maybe that's true. It's like you hear what other people have I to think say. It's and just weak willed. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. I'll give it. Uh, I mean, I, this movie has always been super entertaining for me. It's not scary. It doesn't. The scary parts don't hit like they used to. Obviously, because I've seen it a million times. Yeah. And also, like you know, as you see other scary movies, it wears off. 
but the entertainment value for me is is still the same because it kind of holds a special place in my heart. So I'll give it a I'll give it an eight for entertainment. Uh, critically, um, the acting is terrible. <laughs> um, but like we've talked about, like this is the first the of, of the scary movie genre that it created, which I think, like you guys have said, counts for a lot because this is original material. You know, it's, they didn't steal it from somebody else, and I right. think that that means a lot. I think that the impression that it had on the public at the time shows that. Um, I was actually going to give this a very low score. I was going to give it a four for critical. Whoa, yeah, wow. you. Who, um, but I, you I, have, I, as I, as I watched it again, um, I, I've come up, and I've also thought about you know what you guys have said, and, and like, I'm going to give it, a, I'm going to give it a seven. Wow, that's three points. I'll give it a seven three point boost because like it's revolutionary. The movie's yeah. like it revolutionized the genre. Um, and yeah, I think that's a big part of it. It's a huge yeah. part of it. Like yeah. if it was, if it was like the third or fourth, and it was just some remake, it wouldn't be the same. You're just copying, but the creativity, I think, really made it unique. Yeah, yeah. Wow, you guys have given me a lot to think about. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so before anybody gave any scores, I was thinking a six and a six. There, there's only really one aspect of it that I think makes it a like a great movie and that's the soundtrack the score mm. uh like this if if we were doing score like uh, a score for scores uh uh-huh. then <laughs> I, I mean this this would be a nine or a ten for me like this it's is so one iconic of, one yeah, of the best a, scores for a movie and the fact that the director is the composer like that's, that's pretty, pretty cool yeah. mm. so like like that to me is like the the redeeming factor of this movie um you know, you guys mentioned that like it has the uh, influence that it has you know it sort of creates this whole genre it cr- creates all these rules it, you know that you know every not not every horror movie but lots of horror movies for decades you know stake their whole they're like well let's make halloween but we'll just change these <laughs> things you know yeah. uh it was the equation if you take away all that legacy uh and you just look at it like let's compare this horror movie to other horror movies Ah, there's a lot scarier movies out there. Oh yeah. Uh, th- there's a lot. There's a lot of movies that have like more mind-bending, you know, twisty, turny plots and stuff like that. I mean, because this is basically just a serial killer breaks out of a mental hospital and kills some people in his hometown. It's pretty like, simple. It's a very simple idea. Like conceptually, it's not like reaching. You know, it's like this is something that was happening, and that's why it's that's why it's so scary. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, that's why it is so scary, because it could happen to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I, I felt like the concept of Dawn of the Dead was really cool because it's, you know, like zombies and we're going to go hide out in a mall. It's, like, such a unique idea, and it's, like, a brilliant idea, you know? Uh, so, like, whereas I, for a concept, I would I gave that movie a little extra. I think I'm going to kind of take a little extra on this one. Um which yeah I, I i mean i think the six and six is probably a pretty accurate assessment um the fact that derek jumped up three points on his reassessment makes me feel like i need to go lower but i'm, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm not so spineless now who's who is influenced by other people's ratings now i just said i'm not so spineless i'm sticking with six and oh six. okay <laughs> So, My so, mistake. So on on your point about it not being like a a very unique <laughs> concept that you were talking about, right? 
but it did it was the first one to do it in a like an urban setting so i i think you're, you're um, I did, I, well, I did, i'm not saying it's not a unique idea i was more saying that it's just it's not complex in any stretch of the imagination it's a very simple idea okay yeah i i would agree with that i would which say which is why it's effective it's simple i would say on the other side of that this this movie it came before uh, Freddy Krueger, right? And and Jason, like Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, yeah, it was the first so one. This of the, of the genre of like a killer, like one specific one killer, one killer yeah. and then a horror movie based around him. Uh, this was the first of its kind. And I think every movie that follows that narrative since then has sort of had this movie's fingerprints on it. Yeah, and, and that and that's why I gave it the the rate I did critically. Yeah, um, sure. it's just it's just so many it spawns so many different things. Like almost every single part of this movie, you can trace to another movie in the future. Like mm, right. the, the main character, the stupid teens, the answering the phone, the hiding in the claw. Like everything that we are like, oh, I've seen this a million times. It's because of this movie, and I so think that's why. I'll I'll boost my critical score to a seven. Yeah, not not if that's final. I'll <laughs> do six and six point five seven. And you, also, your point on the score, like I. Have heard the score a million times. It's so iconic. It's like been spoofed and stuff, and it's still scary, which I think is impressive. Yeah, yeah. it's really yeah. well done. Yeah, it is one of the best parts of the movie for sure. Yeah. But yeah. Cool. Great. Well, that was Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Halloween. Um, we will be back to off spooky season. Uh, we're gonna we'll probably get back into the action, father's favorite movies, uh, when we come back. But uh, till then. Well, well, and also really quick, uh, just just remember, kids, it's just a movie. <laughs> Please don't go out and kill people. <laughs> yeah. But be careful, because Michael Myers could be anywhere. <laughs> and check check your Halloween candy for razor blades and twelve inch knives. Yeah. <laughs> and and rainbow uh, ketamine or whatever. <laughs> rainbow. Ket- <laughs> what's the? What are you? I mean, we're gonna cut this part out, but rainbow no. ketamine. Rainbow ketamine. <laughs> In, in your Halloween candy? Rainbow ketamine. Is, what's the thing killing people? Fentanyl. Rainbow fentanyl. Oh, okay. Rainbow yeah. ketamine. That should be They're giving it out to kids in Halloween now. That's what the new, like the news is sensationalizing like scary stuff. That's the news story. <laughs> hey guys, Fentanyl. we're Rainbow Ketamine. We came down from Canada. God, you we're, should do like a slow on this part. <laughs> Good. Oh, man. Yeah, so that. Maybe we should just have the score playing right now. And Dude, just that's what it's going to happen. It's going to fade our, fade our conversation. It's, out. If, we're, if we haven't been faded out already, we're, 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 we're,